0: Really, really good care of me when I came here. Uh, I made one stop. This was my first place. I didn't go anywhere else. I said this is the perfect spot. Uh, so we know that tonight we're raising money, and the money is going to go towards Tehilim. Tehilim to the soldiers of Israel. The organization is called Rassel Research Institute. And they already, raised, uh, they already gave out 20,000 copies of Tehillim for the soldiers. All the money that we're raising through the sales of the wine will go towards Tehillim as well as the Hatzalah of Israel in order to protect Am Israel and Bezrat Hashem. We should get over this situation and bring Mashiach to Kenu Amen. I would like to introduce the speaker tonight, Rav Meir el Kabas He's here to teach us that unfortunately, yes, we've gone through very hard troubles but we need the weapon and the weapon is to be happy, to lead the Simcha and as Raja Shem, through the Simcha tonight, we're going to support Am Yisrael together. Thank you very much. Shalom everybody.
1: Can you hear me? Louder? Wow. <clears throat> How was that? Okay. okay, we want to start off tonight with a joke, when uh, Golda Meir brought President Carter for the first time to the Holy Land, so she brought him to the Kotel, and she's explaining to President Carter, this is the wall where all your prayers are answered. She said, great! That means if I ask that the American economy be the best economy, my prayers will be answered. And she said, yes. And if I ask that America should be the superpower over Russia, my prayers will be answered? She said, yes. And if I ask that the Israelis make peace with the Arabs, my prayers will be answered? She said, no, now you're talking to the wall. (laughs) (laughs) I have to start off with that, because this will be the main focus of tonight. We have to, first of all, take a look at this year. This year has been crazy. This This year hasn't even started. We didn't even start the year. To explain, the Ben Chai says that Hoshana Rabbah, Hoshana. The name Hoshana means a few things. Number one, please Hashem, save, please save, Hoshana. The Ben Chai adds, there's something more here. Hosha, save on behalf of Na, Nun, Aleph. Nun is 50, Aleph is one, what's 51? 51 are the days from Rosh Chodesh Elul, that's 30 days, plus the 21 days of Tishrei going into Oshana Rama. Meaning what? 51 days of preparation for the year. That means, from Rosh Chodesh Elul we say Slichot and Tehidim and we're doing Tshuva and we're trying to be better, we say Ktiva Vachatema Tova If I did something to you, please forgive me If there's something by you that's my me and I didn't return it, please forgive me Okay, Rosh Hashanah comes, it's a day of judgment The Tzaddikim are judged immediately for life The Rosh are judged immediately for death People in between, like like us, are given until Yom Kippur But still, we're given until Rosh Hashanah Rabbah What's Rosh Hashanah Rabbah? It's when the edict is given out. You have the court decides, okay, boom, boom, boom. Here's the judgment. So it takes time for the actual judgment to go out. It's called the ptakim, the actual, the actual edict of paper in heaven. So the, the, the Gemara teaches, the Midrash, everyone teaches that on Hoshana Rabbah, if you had a bad judgment, you still have a last resort, a last chance to bring it back. That's why many people wear white also on Hoshana Rabbah. Right? We say we do seven times hakafot, we stay up all night doing the kriya, doing the tehilim and the chumash. Why? In case we have a last chance because it wasn't yet sent out, we can say we have a bad decree, chasa shalom, so we cannot bring it back. This extends also into the night of simchat Torah. Simchat Torah, when you say at the arvit, your parnassah for the whole year is, is executed at that point. That means Hoshana Raba, Rabbah, the night of Simcha Torah, is still ending the judgment from Rosh Hashanah and Kippur. So when does the year technically officially begin? On the morning of Simcha Torah, okay? What happened this year? What in the world happened this year? Hashem didn't wait even a second. When did we hear, What you guys obviously heard later on, when did we hear that the Hamas came and the Arabs entered. What time? 6.30, exactly. 6.30, 6.32, 6.34. Nets in Yerushalayim was 6.36, by the west coast was a bit earlier, Six thirty-six, 6.34. They came at nets, as if Hashem didn't wait even a second. Boom, the year didn't even start. We want to start the year, because the judgment is Hoshana Rabbah, finishing off. Then I have Simchat Torah the okay? You have all night for Arvid technically. So the morning is when the year begins and we dance. What's the idea of dancing on Simcha Torah by the way? The the dancing on Simcha Torah is my recognition that I have a meaning in my life. Hashem loves me. I'm part of this big plan. He lets me, even though I am up and down, my life has ups and downs, I have this school of dancing of the Torah. The Torah is complete. I know I'm not complete. And yet, Hashem gives me the opportunity to dance. This is considered the greatest simcha of the year. And that's why we start off the year of a boom, of being happy on the beginning of the year. And instead, they call it, what do they call it now? Shabbat And In Israel, they call it the black, Black Sabbath, the Black Shabbat. And it's supposed to be the happiest day of the year, okay? So we have to take a look. What in the world is Hashem trying to tell us? Many rabbanim and mekubalim say, okay, we have to say more more tehillim, we have to do more tshuva, we have to do more shmertalashor and what's There's many things they're saying, but there's a message here, and it's pretty clear. So let's take a look. Number one, this happened on Simcha Torah. The happiest day of the year, and now we have unfortunately the greatest pogrom of the last 80 years, and one day, 1400, 1200, crazy, crazy, well, we're, we're all shocked. We're all shocked. When we saw the videos and the pictures, we're like, we don't know what he it does. It's like someone pulled the carpet from under our feet. We had no idea what happened. We're just starting to get up to start the year. Boom, right? So, Simcha Torah, number one. Number two, the first thing that hit everybody, everybody, was the Nova festival. Those poor teenagers, 3,000 kids, half of them not brought up religious. So, anyways, they don't know what true Simcha of being a Jewish is. Another half, They possibly grew up religious, but they fell off because they never had the positive attitude of Simcha and Ahava in their Judaism. And they were just looking for happiness. If it was, God forbid, doing drugs, or having this festival on Shabbat and Yom Tov, but they were looking for Simcha, okay? Number two. Number three, hostages. What does the Torah say about hostages? Where do you find hostages? In the Torah mentioned, Parashat Kitavo. Parashat Kitavo, 98 curses. Amongst them, Banecha uvnotecha Your sons and daughters will be taken hostage. And why? Why? Parashat Kitavo gives the reason. What does it say there? Tachat asher lo et Hashem levav. Unbelievable. It's not a Hasidic teaching. It's from the Torah. Do you know why you're gonna get punished? Not because you're not keeping Shabbat and you're not doing it. So no. The Torah is saying this. The reason why you're getting punished? Because you're not serving Hashem with joy. Why? What does joy have to do? Let me do the tefillin, whether I'm happy or not, let me get the point for the tefillin. Whether I'm happy or not, let me do Yom Kippur, Shabbat, why happiness? Because the Torah knows, if you are not happy in your Judaism, push gets the shav, and the first thing you're gonna drop is the Torah, the classic story. Two families arrived in Ellis Island in the 1920s, before World War I, World War II, whatever. When back then in America, you had to work six days a week. Six days means from Monday to Saturday. Day off, Sunday, the Christian Sabbath, right? So the religious Jews who came from Eastern Europe, wherever, they said, me work on Shabbat? No way, no way. They come with four or five families, children, religious, you know, Hasidim, whatever. Come Shabbat, you know, they don't tell their boss they didn't show up to work. And they have the first Shabbat, which is normal, more or less. They come to work Monday morning, you're fired. You didn't come to work on Saturday morning, you're fired. Okay? Next week, less job opportunities. And because the businesses, the factories saw that these religious people take off work on Saturday without telling the bosses, they tell the other factories, be careful of these Jews, because they don't show up to work on Saturday morning. Even though they don't, they'll tell you. So that means by two, three weeks, they were stuck in a situation where there was no food for Shabbat. Two families, the exact same story. They had the situation after two, three Shabbatot in America, okay, one family, one guy, the father, his kids, Abba, what are we gonna do? There's no khala, there's no fish on the table, there's nothing on the table, what are we gonna do? And he couldn't handle the pressure, next Shabbat he already worked. And he, 10, 20 years down the line, he lost all of his kids, they all assimilated, okay? The other family, he saw the same situ- exact same situation, no food on the table, but what did he do? He took his kids on his lap, and he said, my children, Hashem wants us this Shabbat Just sing. Our mission, our job is just the same, and he was so happy, and he ingrained with his self-confidence the same and his children that they were happy, and he had a miracle. Hashem opened the door, he had a job, he didn't, didn't end up dying. He had a job. His kids ended up having a Jewish education. They became okay? The Torah says, Simcha. avata Hashem yokecha Simcha. Because that's the key. That is the key. If you're not happy in Judaism, the first thing you're gonna throw out is the Judaism. It says, Rashi brings down, there's someone who serves Hashem out of fear. I have to do it because in my house, when we didn't do it, we got smacked and everything. The other one, he now has reached a level where, wow, I appreciate what I'm doing. I believe that little me, my bracha is etched forever, it's eternal. My tilin is etched forever, my Shabbat is eternal. I have a meaning, even though I am as I am, I'm mixed up, but I have a meaning, okay? The Torah knows that if a person serves a Shabbat of simcha, so when he goes through difficult situations, he's not gonna drop it, he's gonna hold on to it. Whereas the person who is a burden, we have to do it because that's what we're taught and everything, so when push gets the Shabbat the first thing he drops off is the simcha. Now they're going. The essence of Galut, believe it or not, is what? Sadness. You think about it. This crazy Hamas guy, he takes the Facebook of the grandmother and he shows the grandchildren how he's killing the grandmother. What does he have in his head? What does he have in his head? He wants to cause them pain. Why? Because the pain leads to suffering and sadness. Simple. We as Jewish people, our essence is simcha, right? David All the psukim we have in Tehilim about simcha because that's the key in being a Jew, okay? So the goyim, when they see us broken and sad, that's what they want. When they come to hurt us pogroms and slaughter Jews, when they see us Sad, they're happy. The famous picture in Times Square, I think it was, where there was the Palestinian rally just a month ago, right? And you had the Israelis and the, 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 the pro Israelis are, are screaming. So, what are the Arabs doing? They're making fun of the Jews because they won. If you are screaming and crying, they won. So, then what are we supposed to do? Our weapon is Sincha. When the going see that they didn't even dent a hole in me. And I'm standing, so that famous picture, if you remember, there's a picture from the Holocaust that there was a rabbi with a white beard and the Nazi's cutting off his beard and the Jew's smiling. He's smiling, why? It's like sticks and stones, can break my bones, but names will never hurt me. In other words, you can try to do anything you want to me, but my Jewish flame is still here and I'm happy about it. Why? Because I know it's eternal. There's an amazing story, amazing story of a mother and daughter, they went through the Holocaust together. Auschwitz, a mother and daughter being together from beginning to end, that's already rare. And she was a religious woman, a god woman. They asked her, how did you do it? So she said, when she got into the camp and she saw the the disgusting situation of the chimneys and the bodies and everyone being tortured and everyone sad, she started to crack up, she started to laugh. And they asked her, why did you laugh? First of all, and and it's okay, so what happened, you laughed? she said the Nazis were scared to touch her, they thought she was cuckoo because she was laughing the whole time. In Auschwitz, you're laughing? Is this lady normal? So they were a bit scared uh, to get close to her, taboo, voodoo, whatever. So they left her alone and her daughter. And they asked her, why were you laughing? Are are you normal? You see your fellow Jews being killed and burned and everything, you're laughing? So she said like this, I was laughing because these Germans are so stupid. Hitler is stupid, you don't know you're going to pay for it? You think you can get away with doing bad and get away with it? She couldn't, she couldn't contain herself. She's cracking up. What's waiting for you guys? Who in the world gets away with doing bad? Who? Who? They get paid. The Midrash says, by the way, that when Esav said, Esav said, I want to kill Yaakov, but I'm going to wait for my father. Yitzhak took the pass away and then I'm going to kill Yaakov. So Paro, the Midrash says, he, says, he said about Esav, Esav, you're stupid. You wait, you wait, you wait. In the meantime, Yaakov has kids, 12 tribes, and there's 70 people. Where do you have a big job? So what did Paro say? Me, I'm not going to wait. He told the midwives, you see, as soon as the baby is born, it's a boy, you kill him on the spot. It's a girl, okay. So then Haman came along afterwards and he said about Paro, you're stupid also, Paro. What, you kill just the boys? A girl is not Jewish, a a Jewish woman. She has children, even if a goy, whatever. But the children are Jewish? What did you accomplish? Me, Haman said, I'm gonna kill everybody. Taf, Nashim, men, women, children, I'm gonna do everything. Comes along Gog, Gog is now. They say, Gog is Google, by the way. (laughs) Gog, (laughs) Klipat Gog. Gog, Magog, this is the final war before Mashiach comes. Gog, he says, about Haman. Haman, you're stupid. You think you can do away with the Jews, so long as they're connected with their God, Avim Sheba you can't dent the Jewish people. What am I gonna do? I'm gonna first separate the Jewish people from Hashem, and then I can attack them. So the Midrash finishes, Hashem says to Gog, ah, you wanna fight me? No problem. He brings him to the Holy Land, and in Eretz Yisrael, he brings him down, okay? But you see that even the going—they save each other. They're stupid because they don't get away. They get—they can't get away with it. This lady going back to this lady. She was laughing because it's so obvious. You're gonna pay the price, and I'm laughing because there's gonna be I'm gonna see my grandparents again. My great parents my are gonna see me. mashiach. There's a future for us. You guys have nothing, and you're gonna pay the price. Okay. So the point is. Our weapon now, more than anything else right now, is we have to build a simcha. That means, number one, if there wasn't any simcha in your life, now's the time to start. And if you have some minimal simcha, it's not enough. you got to work hard. Because the way Mashiach will come is not through worry and panic, and oh my God, look what they're doing. The Pasuk says clearly, Ki The way we're going to get out of this galut, is to join. Okay, you don't see that right now, okay? More than that, the goyim, az yomru ba goyim, Hashem imeleh, Hashem imanu Smachim. The goyim will say, whoa, what, how how astonishing is what Hashem did for these people, the Jewish people, which in fact was for our benefit, hain, and we're happy now. It says in the psukim, that, Hashem, that the goyim are gonna take every Jew by hand and bring them back to Eretz Israel. If it's Elal, Air Canada, United, whatever, they're gonna come back, bring us all back to It's Israel. So the signs of Mashiach are simcha, we don't see it yet. This panic and, and worry and thinking Mashiach will come to this, it's not yet. What's needed is to use what happened and to build what's called resilience, to take it and go back up. I have a joke that a Jewish drink is seven up. Why seven up? Sheba yippor tzaddik, come. A tzaddik falls seven times down, and gets back up, our weapon to get up, believe it or not, is simcha. Okay, so now what to do when you're not happy? Well, I'm trying to be happy, it's not working. What to do? We have five, they're called the fabulous five. Five pathways of being besimcha. Number one is telling jokes. That's what I did about President Carter before, okay? I have another joke, another joke to make you smile. And I hope you get it, okay? There was an ahabal, ahabal is someone who's missing, missing some screws, And he came to the doctor, I have pain in my head, whoa, whoa, it hurts, it hurts. So he said, I, have to, I can't check you like this, I have to do a, a, you know, x-ray have to see what's in your head. So they do an x-ray, and they see there's nothing in his head, <laughs> there's nothing in his head. So they said, listen, we never saw such a thing. We have to operate, open your skull to see why there's nothing in your head. He said, okay. So they opened his head, they opened the skull, and they see a tiny, tiny, little, little string from right to left, and the surgeon doesn't know what it is, and he cuts it, and the guy's ears fall off. <laughs> Hope you got it. You didn't get it? <laughs> Even if a joke is stupid, and doesn't make sense, you still laugh, okay? Mila dishtuta, it's called. Mila dishtuta means joking. Even if that it's silly and stupid, but if it makes you smile, it's worth it, okay? It's very, very necessary. People walk around all day, to you go to work, yes sir, can I help you? You on the bus, can I help you? Everyone is like very serious, come on. This is not gonna bring a happy mood. You need to joke, crack a joke, make them laugh, but get Simcha in the mood, that's number one. Number two, put on music. Why drive to work, you know, quiet and everything? Put on music at home, put on music, dance a little, move around. Simcha, when the body moves because of a beat and a rhythm and a nigun, it gets you happy. It gets you in a good mood. That's the power of nigun. Okay, nigun, melody, is to induce joy. That's number two. Number three is something called finding your good points. What happens normally? A person is always negative. The al sheikha Kadoshi says, just before I go on. The Al-Sheikh says, Hashem created the human eye, that the pupil looks black, right? It's really see-through, but the pupil, the bat eyeing, is dark, why? Because it's the nature of people to look at things dark. <laughs> the way people are, natural, is negative. Eh, where were you today? How can we come on time? Everyone is like black, black, black. You have to work to be positive. You have to work, you have to build it up. And this starts by finding what's called your, to vote. your good points. A guy wakes up at eight, he misses his bus, he's upset. Eh. Take it easy. At least I woke up. Thank God I woke up, right? A good points. At least this, at least that. It's not as bad as it could have been. Finding good, you have to train to do it. But it, with time, a person does it a lot. He works at finding the good points. Number four, giving thanks to Hashem. The very first thing a Jew says when he wakes up in the morning is what? Mode ani. The very first thing, the whole day is contained in the opening of the day. Mode ani, I give thanks to Hashem. On what? that you brought me back to life. Because if you wanted to Hashem, I would have been dead right now. But you woke me up, how many people we know that didn't wake up? It happens, it happens, okay? So we give thanks to Hashem, and the whole day is bonus. Meaning what? When you look at life, that I don't deserve anything, and everything is a gift, and really it's a gift, because I see how I do things, and I feel that Hashem is not so happy with me, because I know I'm not 100%, okay? When you have that attitude, automatically everything is giving thanks. Thank you, Hashem. Thank you, Ashif, okay? Number five is what we spoke about earlier about this lady in Auschwitz. By looking at the future. In other words, when you look at the present, of course you have what to be sad about. Of course you have what to be sad about. When you look at just now, this is not right, that's wrong, because you're looking like this. But if now you step back and look at the whole life, the whole creation, you look at the 6,000 years from Adam or until Besat Hashem after Mashiach comes, and you see in the, the, the big picture, what you're going through is tiny. If you know in the end, everything's gonna work out, so why are you sad? Why are you so broken now? This didn't happen, the marriage is not working, out. the children, but wait a second, you know in the end it's gonna work out? You know in the end, things are gonna be good, there's gonna be t'chata metin. Mashiach will come, it's gonna be good? Yes, so why are you sad now? Why are you broken now? Because you're looking just at the present. If you connect the present to the future, like this lady did in Auschwitz, you can always be happy. Because you know things will pass, things will pass. That's how life is, life is so turbulent, so up and down, up and down, up and down. But it passes, in the end, things will work out. These are called the five advices of using to be the simcha. If this doesn't work, you try this. If this doesn't work, you try it. But there's no excuse to be sad. Even over mourning what's happening in Israel and everything, if you fall to sadness and depression because of it, you lost the point. That's not the goal. The goal is resilience, which means you take what happened, and now I'm stronger. You didn't break me. You made me build me up even better. That's what our goal is, Bezat Hashem. So now this is the key for Mashiach. Okay? Mashiach will come. We, call, we say the word is We're going to crown Mashiach. We're going to put a keter on the head of Mashiach. This keter, Bezat Hashem, Amen. This keter believe it or not, refers to the fifth section of the Torah. The Torah has five five divisions, four that we know of today, and the fifth one that will come in time. The four we all know, Pshat, Remez, Drash, Sod, the four levels of the Torah. The simple Torah, the hints, the Drash, the Midrashim, and then the Kabbalah. And there's a fifth level called the Keter. The Keter contains behind it, behind the crown, what's called the O Insof, the infinite light. The light from Hashem. What does that mean on a practical level? When you, in your lifetime, are feeling down and heavy, and you manage to build up Simcha, this light that you have is coming from this fifth level called the Keter. And what this does is it sends to you salvation that you need in your present situation in life. Okay, they work together. To explain quickly, an analogy, so they can understand what's, what's happening here. There, was a, there were two brothers, two tzaddikim, Rabbi el and Rabbi Zushan. These two brothers, they were traveling to villages undercover, not just like tzaddikim, they were just like regular people. And they came to a village where there was a curfew. 9 p.m., you're on the street, you get arrested, you put in the jail until the morning. In the morning, they check your documents, and see who you are, and you can go free. Why did they do that? A preliminary against robbers, thieves, okay? so they arrived in this village at quarter to nine they had no time to set up where they're going to sleep where they're going to stay so they were arrested 19 <laughs> they were arrested they were thrown into the jail okay they see the jail cell what is the jail cell back then all mattresses around and in the middle was the the toilet the bathroom and the smell which means you can't pray you can't say Shema, you can't do anything so elimelech was very sad he was very sad his brother, the older brother, Azusha, was always happy. He said, my brother, why are you sad? He said, look, because of the smell of the bathroom here, I can't dive in, we have to say, Aksham ah, Arvit. arvid. Now, soon it's gonna be done. I didn't pray Arvit, no k'yachimah. Gehinam is better, <laughs> gehinam, at least I can cry to Hashem here. Nothing. So, Azusha said to his brother, my super-duper brother, Rabbi Limelech, who in his lifetime never missed it, praying every day in his lifetime. Don't you think maybe Hashem did this purposely so you can do the mitzvah like this? What does it mean like this? The halacha says that when you're in such a situation where you can't pray because of a bathroom, so you say in your heart, Hashem, I want to do your will. I want to do what you want me to do, but I can't because of the situation. So please let it be considered. It's called as if I did the davening, the kratshma. And Allah says, you get a reward like you did it, because what can you do? You're anus, it's not your fault. So he said to him, my super duper brother, Hashem wants you to do the arvit like this. He said, you know you're right. And he started dancing, <laughs> started dancing. And all the goyim in the room, they see these two Jews uh, dancing. They saw them looking at them. they grabbed their hands, they all made a hora around the toilet bowl, they all dancing. This one is singing about his vodka, this one's singing about his wife. But these two are singing because of the, the Judaism. The warden he hears the singing in the jail and in jail you have to be sad everyone's in the jail right so so the warden comes and and he said what's his noise and they said because of the toilet he said oh really he opened the cell he took out the toilet after five minutes the smell went and told him, now you can double what does that teach us unbelievable what does that teach you that if you have simcha you can get a solution in other words when you're stuck in a situation, you don't know what to do, I don't know what to do, this, that, what you should do, avoid it, work on simcha, and the simcha creates a solution. With simcha, you get out. Get out of what? Get out of anything. Whenever you're stuck in life, and you feel that they want to make you depressed, and sad, and heavy, and there's no hope and everything, what to do? You have to leave the situation, build simcha, and you draw good energy. So going back, our weapon now from Israel, Ferret Israel, is to work on being the Simcha, and Rezat Hashem, with the Simcha, we will come to crown Mashiach, and to tap into the fifth level of the Torah, the infinite light, and thus have this beautiful bliss of calmness and joy forever, Rezat Hashem. Amen. Everything, I don't like just speaking and then I have to go back to Israel. (laughs) I want to do something with you guys. Everything we gave over tonight is taken from one lesson from a book by Rabbi Nachman of Breslin. It's called Likutei Moorah. This book is not a normal book. What I mean by that? As you learn it, you begin to see things happening in your life that were not happening before. And you pick it up and you see these are messages connected to this lesson I'm learning. It's something phenomenal. But that's not enough. It's an, another thing is to bring it down to practical. It's one thing to see things happen in your life, but it's another thing I want to change. So, there's another book written by his disciple called The Et Filot, Prayers on This Lesson. How they work is, number one, learning about them activates them in your life, and then praying about it, brings it to internalization. It can be compared to a person, God forbid, he has like a skin rash on his elbow, and the doctor says you have to get this expensive $100.50 tube of cream, and you have to apply it on the wound. So he goes to the pharmacy and he buys the cream. <laughs> I got the cream! But you, idiot, you have to first you have to apply it on the wound. You have the cream, but you have to put it on the wound. So it's two stages. Number one, getting the remedy, and number two, applying it. So too, the Torah of this tzaddik, Rabbi Nachman, creates a remedy, And number two, when you pray about it, it begins to directly hit it. We prepare tonight, do this out please. Uh, We prepare tonight, something better, something in free. A QR code leading to a WhatsApp page with a PDF file of this entire lesson and prayer in a 40 day challenge format, which means I challenge all of you to do this. It's one minute a day. Of reading the lesson and afterwards is the prayer, and see after 40 days we pick 40 because that's the special number. Moshe Rabbeinu, not 40 days, right? 40 is a very special number in Judaism of seeing results. 40 day challenge of seeing a change in your life. Bezat Hashem, it has the QR here if you want to pass it out. Bezat Hashem, and there's a second QR here to help send support. For printing more tahini for the soldiers, the idea of soldiers, in the format that they can use it as a weapon. Thank you very much. That's a haram.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, dinner is being served.